0: I'm sure I could have made it work. You know, we didn't hate each other, we got along fine, but there was just this this point of like, you know, it's too early to settle. It's too early in my life to, to just give up on finding something better. You know, I, I had a professor in college say that, you know, she traveled every summer and she said, you know, people always say, oh, I could never travel. And she said, yeah, it's all a matter of priorities. She said, whatever you make important to you, you will do. There were some times, and there was a lot of rough seas. Luckily, my husband is a Matt is a very experienced sailor, so I was never, you know, scared for my life. I completely trusted that he would not put me in a situation in which I was in danger. But I was hungry, tired, seasick, grumpy. You know, I don't want to be here right now. I'm done with this situation. But there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but again, you know, coming out the other side of that, there's there's a certain sense of, wow, I did that.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Shannon Kinney-Dew, creator of Afreespiritlife.com and this new podcast. I'm also a holistic life coach, a recovering perfectionist, a reformed self-doubter, and an artist. I also like to call myself a soul care teacher. I love anything to do with mind, body, spirit, connection, healing, and growth. I am a yoga teacher and a mom to three boys, so I have a lot to practice on my own spiritual path, and when I am practicing, when I am fumbling and stumbling along the way, I like to reach out and connect with others who are on a similar journey. So I'm really excited to bring this podcast to you so that we can have more conversations about what it means to live a more soulful, a more authentic, and a more creative life. In today's show, I'm introducing you to my friend, Lindsay McCoy. Lindsay has an amazing life story. We met years and years ago, fresh out of college in Boulder, Colorado, and she's going to explain how her life has unfolded to this point. Um, when she was living in the mountains, her house was this hub for hippies and musicians, and she was married young, and something in her life just didn't feel right, and she's going to share how she decided to listen to those messages in her heart and take a new path. She really learned that when life doesn't feel right, that we have signs and we need to learn how to follow them. She talks about how she learned to make space to find her true self and how she had to face some really tough choices to get where she's at today. Uh, She talks about her life living on a sailboat for a year and a half, and it's just an amazing feat in itself, I think for most of us, we couldn't even imagine doing that. So it's really fun to hear Lindsay's story and how it also taught her that really we don't need to live with as much as we think we do. So it's really guided her on a path to live more simply and she'll explain how that's even unfolded in this really cool business that she just started with her sister. Can't wait to share this interview with you. It's a beautiful conversation. And before we jump into it, just a reminder, if you have not already, visit our website, afreespiritlife.com, and join our mailing list where you can enter to win So many great prizes. We have life coaching services and online classes and gift certificates and natural products and all these amazing gifts that we are giving through the month of September 2017 for our podcast launch. So you definitely want to join our mailing list. And if you would be so kind, if you're loving the show, stop by iTunes and leave us a review, rate the show and email us and let us know that you've done that and you will get extra Entries into all these great giveaways. So our email address is Shannon at a freespiritlife.com. And we will give away all these great prizes at the end of the month, and you might be one of them, one of the winners. So thank you for doing that. Okay, let's get on to the show. Hey Lindsay, I am so happy that we get this opportunity to chat
0: today. I know. It's so fun to be able to reconnect with you in this way. I
1: know it. So why don't you give us a little uh, intro? Just tell us a little bit more about your family life, your business life. Like, who is Lindsay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> in, in like two minutes, you know. Yeah, you gotta. <laughs> no,
0: like recently, which is the funny thing is that there have been, as you all, you know, many, many incarnations of Lindsay. But right now... I am married with a son who just started fifth grade, living in Wilmington, North Carolina. And I just, for the first time, started a business. I'd spent the last 20 years doing nonprofit work. And I just started a business called Plain Products that does um, shampoo, natural shampoo, conditioner, and body wash in aluminum bottles that can be returned, refilled, and reused, trying to help um, put a little less plastic in the world.
1: Mm, that is so cool. Well, we're going to talk more about the business because I really want to understand more about that idea, how it came up and how it works. And um, it's funny that you say that many incarnations of Lindsay, because that's as you and I were chatting before we hit record, you and I have such a unique friendship in that we met during that really fun time where you're fresh out of college. We had our first probably real like salary job (laughs) (laughs) living in the mountains and just having that freedom that comes right at that time in your life. And and I just remember how special it was meeting you and we all had, you know, our group of friends where we just kind of clicked and, and bonded on um, because of that time that we were living. And it's just really fun that we still have. I mean, I don't even want to say how many years it's been <laughs> because then everyone's doing the math, but it's been a long time since that time. And yet we've stayed connected through email and phone. But every time you and I talk or I see you, I just feel like this rich connection between the two of us and it just makes me happy it makes me happy that we had that experience together and had that history so the many incarnations of lindsay take us back to when i first met you and we're living in yes Boulder, Colorado. And what I remember is that you were living in a house that became like this hub for musicians and hippies.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. We had so many people live. I mean, we, I think we jokingly called it like Boulder transitional housing. I mean, we had (laughs) college friends coming and going. My sister was there for a while. It was, I don't even know how many people lived in that house. I honestly have never stopped to count. Um,
1: And and you know what? I forgot. I lived there for like a week. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> See there you go. Exactly. Yes. yes.
1: Exactly. So yeah. you were living in the mountains in this beautiful house and we you know it was that fun time with all these hippies and and the musicians and people coming in and out of your house and um how in that time when you were kind of starting your life at, after college um tell us a little bit about living there and that experience and then what shifted for you? What took you out of that place in your life?
0: Um, Well you know I I did as as a lot of people do I ended up getting married young Out of college um, Moving to a different place And I think Took a while to Find myself and figure out what I Wanted as I think You and I have in common you know I'm a, a Pleaser by nature so it is very easy For me to just fit into Whatever's going on around me and just Sort of make that work and as I went Through my 20s I started to realize that the situation I found myself in wasn't necessarily where I wanted to be in the long term. And my husband at the time and I both kind of came together and realized, you know, through counseling and lots of conversations that, you know, what our happy ending was did not at all match up anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we decided to part ways, which I think was a good thing for, for both of us.
1: That's wonderful. And I love that you, you know, fully admit that you were still in the midst of finding yourself. And really aren't we always like on that new stage of finding ourselves? But I think that's what I remember. Uh, the two of us kind of in that place in our life, like really shifting from, you know, pleasing others and, and going down this road. And then, but wait a minute, something's not feeling right. You mm-hmm. know, and so tell me, like, when that wasn't feeling right for you and you made that choice. Um,
0: well, a, a yeah. crazy story, and, and this doesn't sum it up, but um, I know, you know, the song Landslide by Stevie Nicks.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's old- Love it.
0: Like, I've been afraid of changing because I built my life around you. Well, every time the song came on and it seemed like it was coming out all the time, I would start crying.
1: Wow. There's a I, sign.
0: Yeah, exactly. That and I couldn't stop singing Pearl Jams, Can't Find a Better Man. So I oh think my that my brain was just kind of trying to, to tell me, okay, this isn't working. And you know, it was one of those scenarios that I know you were in a similar one where I, I'm sure I could have made it work. You know, we didn't hate each other. We got along fine. But there was just this, this point of like, you know, it's too early to settle. It's too early in my life to, to just give up on finding something better.
1: Mm, that's I, so good. Yeah. Too yeah. early to settle. And I think you're right. And I think when you have that people-pleasing personality or this kind of go-with-the-flow, laid-back quality, you sometimes – you m- try to make things work to a fault.
0: hmm For sure. I mean, you know, my question, unfortunately, isn't always, you know, should I do something? It's can I. And I'm like, yeah, of course I can. Of course right. I can make this work. Of course I can – you know fit one more thing in my day, of course, I can volunteer here, and you know it's it's a continual process for me to say, "Should I do I want to?" and to slow down enough to um, not always agree
1: oh, that 's good slowing down is is helpful. I want to go back to the music for a second though, because i 've had this theory that I am very musically oriented to, and i 'm always singing, but there are songs that will literally feel like they 're coming out of nowhere. <laughs> in certain situations, but a lot of times when I wake up in the morning and I swear you've just like reminded me that I, I, they, they like to t- listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, it'll come to me and I'm like, where did this song come from? But then I'll hear the lyrics. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's like works. they're stored somewhere and they come out at the right times. So I'm curious if that happens to other people.
0: <laughs> I, I am curious too, because I, you know, I mean, it sounds crazy, but I definitely do now. I've occasionally, if, if there's a song that keeps getting stuck in my head or that I keep hearing, I'm like, all right, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Why am I saying that? Where did that come from? And and happily, these days, you know, it, it's nothing life shattering. Um, but at the time, for sure, it, it took just that kind of continual push to get me to make some really tough choices.
1: Mm. So you made those tough choices and it took you away from boulder and we take us on that journey a little bit where it took <laughs> you next <laughs>
0: well i luckily got to stay in, in boulder at the time but i um ended up with my family on vacation and met up with a guy who we had gone to the same tiny college in tennessee swanee and knew a lot of the same people but had never met and we hit it off and said, yeah, someday we should go sail around the world. That sounds fun. And my sister and her then boyfriend, now husband, were going to come. And um, a few months later, he called me and said, hey, I just um, got out of this business that I was running. Let's go. And I said, okay. And he and I bought a really old sailboat together and sailed for a year and a half.
1: Oh, my gosh. So what in that moment, was that more... um... Can you remember, I know it's been a while, but can you You remember fear that came up with that decision?
0: It's interesting. Having gone through a divorce, I think that that fear of, I knew that I could get myself out of a situation then. Uh, Like my, my stress nightmares now are still, I'm married and I have to tell everyone that, you know, this is ending and I have to make a lot of people unhappy. Like that's still my worst, like mm -hmm. having to go through. Process again. So once I'd survived it, you know, when this opportunity presented itself, I was like, oh, I could do that. And if it doesn't work out, I'll walk away. Like just, Mm. I had been able to walk away once, sort of made me feel empowered that I could do it again.
1: Mm. That's so cool because you hear that a lot when people are stuck in a fear place. And we're, you know, it's so hard to see what opportunities could come on the other side when you're there, right? But facing that fear or right in the thick of it. For sure. And so you're saying that here's an example of where you had, you went through the hardest, one of the hardest things you've ever had to do. And you, especially as a people pleaser, like now you're displeasing a lot of people as it felt like at, at least in the time. So. Um, what a cool opportunity to come, and then for you to just like jump on board literally <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> and, and yeah, and you know, I mean I think there's a, a point of your life where you're like, okay, I just i you know i, I just need a break, yeah, and so it was both also that piece of well of like you know, I, I thought my life was gonna look like this now it doesn't, I'm not quite sure what I want to do, and just taking some time out um to figure that out, and that guy actually ended up turning into my husband, but he is a wonderful person in that he um, doesn't allow me to just be a people pleaser. He gives me a lot of space and forces me to kind of come up with my own opinions and my own decisions. And so, you know, it just was the right right person, right place, right time.
1: Mm, wow. So you jump on board and you live <laughs> a year and a half on a boat. And I remember your old email, Lindsay, on the boat. <laughs> yes, yes. So what was that like?
0: That was amazing. It feels like another lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were just living on this old boat and, and it, that was a full-time job. I mean, we, you know, getting food and getting, we had to get in a dinghy to go everywhere and sailing place to place. And we went to Central America where things were cheap and we had enough money for a year. So that's what we did um, and traveled. And, you know, you get to, to travel with your house with you. I, I highly, highly recommend it. If you have the inclination. I mean, there are so many people who were doing it and who were retired and they kind of looked at us and said, what are you you doing out here? Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to do this until you retire. And we said, well, actually, it's it's a lot of fun to do it right now when, you know, we have the energy and we don't mind, you know, being on a boat, getting in and out of a boat. Um, yeah, it was, (laughs) it was phenomenal. It was great. So
1: what was the most challenging thing about living on a boat?
0: Um, the most challenging thing about living on a boat? Um, It's small, Mm -hmm. Um, sailboats are incredibly slow. So when we bought the boat in Florida and um, sailed to another town, what a drive that would take you half hour, 45 minutes took seven hours. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, I am a very, um, I'm all about getting stuff done. So it was really good for me. I mean, it literally forced me to slow down, take off my watch. You know, work through a lot of stuff. I had been able to avoid staying busy all the time, um, and then just the day to day. I mean, you are on a boat, so you have to get water. You have to get off and you know find laundry. You have to get off and find food. You're in and out of the dinghy. You're wet. You're dealing with salt water. I mean, it's just it's beautiful, but it's it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Things break constantly.
1: Oh wow, yeah, things you don't even think about.
0: Oh, yeah, so. You just, you-
1: was there any scary moment that happened? Like we did something break and you guys were stuck uh-huh. in the middle of nowhere. What's the weather like? Oh. I mean, just like paint us some pictures here because it's fascinating. I live in Kansas. There's no water near us. Yeah. Is, no, like, amazing. I mean,
0: yeah. All of those things happened. Um, we definitely um, broke our engine far, far from um, the mainland. But luckily we were in a sailboat. So we had to sail it back, um, which meant, you know, docking under sail, anchoring under sail, which is a lot more work. But, you know, I was I was in my late twenties, so I could get away with that more than I probably could now. <laughs> um there were some times when there was a lot of rough seas. Luckily my husband is a Matt is a very experienced sailor. So I was never, you know, scared for my life. I completely trusted that he would not put me in a situation in which I was in danger. But I was hungry, tired, Seasick, grumpy. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to be here right now. I'm done with this situation, but there's nothing you can do about it. Um, But again, you know, coming out the other side of that, there's there's a certain sense of, wow, I did that.
1: Um, Wow, and and there's no escaping that. Like you said, like so often we're so caught up in rushing and busy, and I mean. we talk about all the time in my community about even just sitting in stillness for 30 seconds. I mean, that can be torture for so many mm-hmm. of us just to sit mm-hmm. and do nothing for less than a minute. And so here you are forced to really find you're, you're surrounded by water. Um, after that year and a half, or even now, as you look back like do you do you draw on that experience to help you when you're when you're getting caught up in that rushing and the busyness of now being a mom? I hope so.
0: Um, yeah, you know, I like to think that at least when I can remember to it, it does give me a perspective of you know there is a different way to live than go, 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 go. And there is a, a joy in not doing much with the day, which is, it is hard not to feel guilty mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, Matt and I were talking the other day like, God, do you remember like we would just sit and read or watch a movie? Like how, how strange we, we actually had a day where our son is out of the house and we decided to just not be productive and just watch movies and sit on the couch. And it was lovely Mm -hmm. (laughs) glorious and I don't think we give ourselves permission often enough to do that um at least you know I I don't starting a new business I I feel like I need to be working on it all the time you know and if I'm not doing that I feel like I need to be spending time with my son or exercising or you know there's just such a long list of things I should be doing all the time and you know just remembering that taking care of myself and slowing down should also be on that list is tricky.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that if we don't schedule space, we just fill it up.
0: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, because there's so many things to do. Mm -hmm. There are
1: a million. In (laughs) fact, I was just reading a post that someone um, uh, posted recently about all the different tasks and I'll share it in the show notes, but it was talking about um, actually writing down every single task you do for sure. your home for your budget for your business for your children and you know then talk about it. if you have a spouse talk about it and, and and look through and and delegate kind of you know for those people especially who feel burned out and overwhelmed by just the too much that we're talking sure. about and it is and some people are have been saying that it's overwhelming to even think about writing the list
0: <laughs> which is so <laughs> true it is. And I find myself sometimes being like, Oh, I got to add that to the list. Cause I did it. And I want the satisfaction of scratching it off. But yes, I, I will say just to get back to your, you know, did you learn anything from your time on the boat that you, mm-hmm. bring, and I will say that the, the one thing that I do really value is that sense of, there's so much that you think you have to do that you really don't have to. Mm. We were able to pare down a lot of stuff. And then, you know, we'll get there. But I lived in the Bahamas for 10 years where we just didn't have a lot. And so I got in the habit of, you know, not doing so many things that I think people feel like they just have to do. And that being having a little bit more of a just kind of a simple life and trying to maintain that even moving to the States has been helpful in keeping me sane.
1: Oh, I bet. Oh, I want to talk more about that. Because I feel in my own life, that's we're, we're kind of going in that direction even more, wanting to simplify our daily living, even simplify our home like downsize a little bit. So I um I want to talk about that. And I and since I've been there um to the house <laughs> you're talking about in the Bahamas, just a really fast story. Um this was my 30th birthday and uh this was pre kids and Chris, my husband, surprised me. He planned a secret trip. He actually surprised me and took me to Disney World in Florida, and this was in the middle of a like ice and snowstorm here, so it was so exciting to get away. And then on our way, we were sitting at the airport getting ready to come home when he surprised me again and said, oh, we're not going back to the ice storm. We are flying to visit Lindsay in the Bahamas. And to this day, that's like the greatest, one of the greatest gifts I've ever gotten. And we flew to visit you and, you know, taking a ferry to your island that had only golf carts.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: You know, I got to experience it for a week. Um, finding even like a pizza was really a challenge. And I remember at the time, like, you know, even the grocery store, there was hardly any produce, like you have to really adapt. So tell us what it's like living on an Island like that.
0: I mean, for better, or for worse, there is no food delivery. There is no target. There is no mall. You know, you really have to think about what you're going to buy to either order it or, you know, I'm sure I probably had Chris smuggle me some things in his suitcase when he came because nobody could come visit without bringing us stuff, mm-hmm. but it it really made you kind of prioritize, all right, well, if I'm gonna to go to the States, I can only bring back 50 pounds, what do I want? What do I need? Um, and so that became a very small manageable list because it, it had to be, um, you know, dark chocolate, good tea, um, mm-hmm. some books, um, you know, you, you just started to really pare down to the things that you couldn't get otherwise, that you desperately needed or that just made life better. and. I, I like to think that, you know, now we, we continue to do that. We try not to shop too much just for the sake of shopping, which, which can take up a ton of time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that you do, a ton of time, a ton of space, a ton of money. Um, and that is one of the things that for sure, moving back to the States, there's so much stuff and it's so cheap and it's so easy to get it. Yes. Um, you know, and it actually kind of fed into this whole, this plastic thing that I'm doing is, you know, you, we, somehow we've become like this crazy disposable culture where we just buy stuff and use it and then throw it away. Yes. Uh, and that's not something that you can do a lot in the Bahamas uh, just because it's, you know, A, it's not really available, but the fact that you're wasting it is just so much more apparent. You know, I mean, we had baby shower decorations that just got ha- handed down from baby shower to baby shower to baby shower because, you know, there was no place to get them. So that piece of reusing and, and thinking about your purchases more carefully or, or buying something that you knew was going to last and wasn't just going to fall apart or, you know, buying toys that were going to last. You know, all of those, all of all of that thought process was a lot more necessary. And it's something that I tried to, to bring with me.
1: Well, it also th- reminds me how important it is for people to get out of their bubbles and out of the life they're currently living because I think you're right. If you don't see it, if you don't know where your trash is going, where your recycle is going, um, you just don't – you're not conscious of it. You don't really pay attention to that part of your life. But when you live somewhere you travel somewhere or you go camping or you have that opportunity to experience you know, daily life outside of your normal living – um, it, it can open your eyes if you're, if you're open to it. And so tell us, uh, how that really developed into creating a business. Cause there's, there's those of us who are like, okay, I'm going to bring my bags to the grocery store and, yeah, you know,
0: yeah, that's, that's totally where it starts. You know, I mean, somebody told me that every piece of plastic ever made still exists. And I was like, huh. I mean, you, you understand that, but then you start to think about it. You know, the plastic is this material that doesn't biodegrade. It, it doesn't go away. It may break down into smaller pieces. And, and then the Bahamas, there's not the luxury that we have in the States of your trash disappearing. You know, the infrastructure there just isn't as strong. So you, you see it a lot more. I mean, you see the piles
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you start to realize that you are contributing to that. You know, that when you make a choice to buy something and use it for a few minutes, whatever it is, you're um, you're you're a part of that. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> I am far from perfect. I mean, I still buy plastic stuff. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's life. There are days that I forget my son's reusable water bottle on the way to soccer and we stop and buy one. But I try not to. Mm-hmm. When possible, I try not to. I try to, to think about it a little bit more. So, um, started with the bags, started with the water bottles, um, you know, started trying to think about a little bit more. And then I realized that I I couldn't find any solutions that worked for me in the shower. I was in the shower one day and I'm looking at these plastic bottles and like, these are all just going to go in the landfill and I hate that. Um, And then I said, well, maybe I could solve my problem and other people's problem. At the same time, I was thinking about moving back to the States. I was a little burned out from fundraising for the last 20 years. I wanted to do something different, didn't know what I wanted it to be. Um, I called my sister who you've met um, and could not be more different from me and talked her into doing it with me.
1: How fun. So fun. So uh, what are the different roles that you guys do?
0: (laughs) So... We are, Shannon, Shannon knows my sister, Allie. So um, Allie is, has a design degree. So she is the person who made sure that we had a good product because we tried a lot and I was fine with all of them. And she was like, nope, this sucks. <laughs> nope, it's good nope, we mm-hmm. can do better. And, and she was right. And we have a great product and it is completely to her credit.
1: Mm-hmm. So, was that both. frustrating for you at the time or did you both. know you'd get there and you needed that? Both. Uh-huh.
0: I mean, I said, you know, the fact that we want to kill each other constantly probably means we're doing the right thing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Luckily, we have that kind of relationship. Um, We've developed it where we can be pretty honest with each other. Um, So, yes, I mean, I both was incredibly frustrated with her, but I knew that I needed that from her. You know, I knew that we were going to be better in the long run for it. Mm hmm. And the same thing, you know, with, with designing a label, I was like, yeah, let's just do this. And she was like, nope, that looks like a five-year-old drew it. You know, let's, let's try this. Let's try that. Let's think about colors. Let's think about, you know, and it was a very long process, but we ended up in a great place. Um, And I give her tons of credit for that too. So um, we would not be as successful as we are today without, without everything that she forced me to go through.
1: Mm. Well that's
0: awesome because
1: yeah, you need both. You're going to have you're going to be frustrated but to find that, you know, balance that you can work with each other, but design and all of that is a big piece of it too. So I want to talk specifically about how to get your product cuz I def I've been wanting to sign up for this and um so we'll I want to talk about that, but before we do that, um what would you say we've talked a little bit about kind of your struggles of finding um Yourself and living an authentic life, or living more in tr- into your, you know, in line with your own values and what feels right to you. And what would you say living an authentic or a free spirited life is? What
0: does that look and feel like to you? That's a good question. Um, there's so many pieces to it. I mean, to me, it's, you know, not listening to that little voice inside and and not saying things that don't feel right or don't feel true for, for whatever reason, you know, when it's easier to say those things, Mm -hmm. um, you know, speaking up and and saying what I actually really think or say, which is terrifying for me. Um, When I see other things, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's cool. I want to be doing that. Actually try to go do that even if it's scary Um, you know, it's funny, you hear so much about social media and there are some great things and some not great things about it. And, you know, people curate their lives to, you know, have them look one way or another, but I do see things that I'm like, Oh, that, that's something I want to do. And I think it's great when it can actually inspire you to go do those things, not just wish you were doing those things or want to be doing those things, but go have that experience. And for me, it's about experience and not about buying the new sofa or whatever it's about, Mm -hmm. like a trip or skiing or trying some sport or, you know, going somewhere with my son. Like, those are the things that I say, oh, wow, I want to do that. And and I get excited when I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. Like, I, I'm, I'm getting to be this person that I wanted to be. Mm,
1: I love that. Oh, I yeah. want to do that. I love that because it's so... I always talk about taking mindful action, it's like setting an intention or being conscious about what that is, like listening to that voice and not pushing her away, not ignoring her and and giving yourself that space to listen and see where she's trying to guide you next. But it's really what happens, we get fearful and then we get stuck. And we, I hear that a lot from women, I feel paralyzed. And I love what you're saying, because it's like you're just you felt that before but you're not allowing yourself to like stay stuck. You're creating movement and going that way helps you, you know, um, realize, Oh my gosh, I'm doing it. And now it makes the next step, the next scary thing you're about to face easier.
0: Oh, for sure. The first step's always the hardest, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you, I, s- yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, there's so many people who are like, Oh, I wish I could live on a boat or I wish I could travel for a year. And I'm like, you can. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. So you're talking to those people specifically, the ones listening right now who are saying just that, like, gosh, you know, cause we do that. We have this negative self-talk or this fear that just keeps us stuck. And we say, well, that's great, you know, for her, but I could never do that. Or, um, you know, I'm too old or I don't have enough money or whatever the case is. And, um, what would you say to those women who know they have that inner voice that's guiding them, whether it's to take a painting class or to call a new friend for lunch or to start a business of their own, whatever the calling it is, go live on a boat for a year? <laughs> what, what, you know, but they're scared. And it's like, what would you say to them to just um, encourage that movement to begin?
0: You know, I, I had a professor in college say that you know, she traveled every summer and she said, you know, people always say, oh, I could never travel. And she said, yeah, it's all a matter of priorities. Yes. Said, Whatever you make important to you, you will do. Mm-hmm. So when it comes down to a new car or a trip, you decide mm-hmm. Or you know, shopping or going out to dinner or saving for something that you really want or time, you know, watching TV or going to a painting class. I mean, I, I believe that you know when you feel something is really important to you, and you prioritize it, you can definitely make it happen. Mm, that's so good. So it takes
1: me back to our conversation about when you were living in the Bahamas. And you're and on the boat and you're realizing, you know, I can live with less like this. I got to think about what I have and use it differently. And man, when I get that dark chocolate or that tea is like <laughs> the best thing I have ever had in my life. <laughs> I remember when I was traveling in, uh, for a month in Costa Rica and we were deep in the rainforest and all we ate every single day was rice and beans, rice and beans, rice and beans. And finally, like after two weeks of hiking and being, you know, roughing it covered in mosquito bites we go into San Jose and there's a Burger King. And I don't even eat, I haven't eaten meat in 20 years, but I still remember that chicken sandwich and how amazing it tasted. So it does make you appreciate things that you were used to that you don't have anymore. But um, looking at your life now, like I know we, it, we get caught up cause we are surrounded by how other people live, but even in my own personal life lens, we're, we're looking at our house and it's a, it's a modest house. It's not a big house, but it's an older house. There's a huge acreage of trees. It's a lot of maintenance. And we're starting to realize at this stage in our parenthood, even that we're, um, we have different, our priorities are shifting. And Mm -hmm. with that comes a lifestyle shift that we're choosing to make, which is either, you know, really changing the way this house is, or possibly even building or moving to something that could be half the size that's, you know, I mean, small and simple to clean and less of everything. And it's scary. And it's especially scary when you don't you feel like you're in that minority group, you know, that's not really living that way. Um, mm-hmm. So how can we like, you know, remember that? Um, and maybe we'll just remember Lindsay on the boat. <laughs> that's our memory. <laughs> Think of Lindsay on that boat. And if, if she could do it for a year, then surely we can look at our own life and really see how we can shift our priorities to live with less.
0: You know, I mean, it's but it's exactly what we're talking about, about what you you know where do you want to be spending your time on the weekends yes do you want to be spending it on the house do you want to be spending it on the yard or do you want to be spending it doing other things i mean when we just moved back to the states you know we were looking around at houses and oh we saw this super cool old house with this amazing kind of overgrown garden in the back with all these paths and i was like oh in another life i would totally love to take this on or if I had the money I would totally love to pay somebody to take this on but that just wasn't our reality at that time Mm -hmm. and we ended up buying a little tiny you know it's not a townhome but it's it's like a detached little two-story and it's like a communal property so we don't have to deal with the yard and um you know that's just where we were um at this point and it may not be where we are in five years but it's Perfect right now because we are not spending our time and energy on the house or on the yard, but it's still a nice place to live. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't how. We, and you know what? And my sister, God bless her, has an amazing house that they just redid. I mean, they lived through construction for two years. They have this gorgeous huge yard and she loves it. Yes. I mean, God, so she loves spending time working on the yard. I mean, she will spend a day picking out a light fixture, and I would rather you know, have my toenails pulled out and do
1: that. <laughs> or let's just say, go skiing. I mean, yeah. go, go do something yeah. that, yeah.
0: Yeah. I would have something, you know, do something else, but, but that's an enjoyment to her. And so, you know, again, they're to each his or her own, whatever yes. your preference are. There are some people that they love doing house projects. So right. they should buy an old house and fix it up.
1: Right. Uh, well, that's great. I think that's cool because, yeah, living in a small house or, you know, with no yard is not going to be for everyone, but it's really about what you're wishing you want to do, really listening to that. Is that really a wish because everyone else is doing it or is it really you feel this calling within you that's kind of pushing you in that direction? Well, then there's some shifting that has to happen so that you can because you can if you shift your priorities and shift your mindset and go for it. Take that movement that you need. Definitely. So you are a mom, you are balancing a business, all of that uh, that we've talked about that's on your to-do list and your should-do list and your plate. Um, What does an uh, average day look like to you? or How do you find your kind of sense of centeredness in your own life?
0: Um, you know, I don't know that there is an average day, which I'm actually okay with. Mm -hmm. Um, every day is a little bit different, you know, whether it's a meeting at my son's school, um, getting to do a podcast with an old friend, you know, they're all a little bit different, but for sure I work very hard to make sure that I get some yoga or uh, walk in with the dog at least once a day just to kind of check in and and slow down and take care of myself a little bit. Um, but I'm on the computer a lot and that is a, a blessing and a curse working from home. Because I have to remind myself to step away every so often. I want to be as responsive as I can, but not but not be completely checked out. So it's it's hard. It's it's a tough balance. But I feel very lucky that I get to, you know, pick my son up from school, take him to soccer games, even if I'm on on my phone some while I'm there.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. And do you obviously having your own business is a creative endeavor. You have to apply your creativity constantly. It's a problem solving and trying new things and taking healthy risk and all that stuff that goes with having your own business. And um, do you have, uh, do you feel that it's creative at times? Do you have other ways that you nourish or nurture your own creativity? Uh, What inspires you every day to keep doing what you're doing?
0: No, it's so fun that you said that's creative. Um, And I appreciate it because I I think that Creativity sort of gets kind of channeled down into just particularly artistic pursuits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do primarily think of myself as a problem solver. Um, and I do like to think that I find creative solutions, but I don't always equate that with creativity. So I, I appreciate that. Well, yeah, and think
1: about it. If you're talking about your sister who's this designer, like it's it's a obvious visual, you know, c- creative mm-hmm job and I'm sure that's probably partly what you felt but yeah and I know you write too so you're definitely creative in your writing and um, but yeah I think we all tend to you know I hear people say all the time I'm not creative and when you reshift your definition of what creative is it's you know I I believe we're, we were born to create like we want to express ourselves in in different ways and so yeah for sure running your own business you have to be creative. And maybe that's even a better term, isn't it? It kind of makes it sound more fun when you're like stuck in a problem. Like, oh, God, I got to figure out the strategy. Like,
0: oh, no, I'm just being creative. <laughs> well, it, yeah, I mean, it definitely is because there is no easy solution. So you do have to create it yeah. from somewhere. Um, yes. you know, especially, we. it took us almost two years to, to get this business up and going. And there were lots of problems along the way. And we, we had to be Creative. But, you know, it's just interesting using that word, mm-hmm. the same word in context, how you think about it. So
1: so you had two years of building this business. Did you ever feel like giving up?
0: Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. And that is one nice thing about having a partner is I think we kind of took turns being <laughs> discouraged and encouraging. Yes. Um, but, you know, I, I, I felt like it, but I, I was pretty sure that I wasn't going to, um, you know, Every time we hit a roadblock or there was a problem, it was sort of like, all right, how are we going to figure this out? It wasn't like, okay, well, we're done. It was like, okay, that's a setback, and that's exhausting, and I need to mourn that a bit, but now what? How are we going to do this? How are we going to solve it? I mean, I was was pretty determined that, you know, there are some people who – it's always the new idea. I was joking saying I don't come up with that many good ideas. So when I have one, I really <laughs> have to hold on to it. <laughs>
1: I love that. Because I'm one of those like too many idea people. And so how <laughs> awesome it's in in a way it's kind of like going back to Lindsay on the boat, right? It's like, yeah. I only have this piece of dark chocolate and I'm going to savor it every day <laughs> until it's gone. Like, I'm going to nurture this idea yeah. until I get it up and running. So that's awesome. So tell us, how can we learn more about your business? And explain again how it works. I'm trying to visualize. I buy my shampoo. What happens?
0: Okay. So you go to plainproducts.com, which is P-L-A-I-N-E. My sister and I have the maiden, shared maiden name of Della Plain. So that's how we came up with that. Cool. And And I'll um, share that website in the show notes so people can get it. Thanks. Um, yeah, so you can order shampoo, conditioner, body wash. We're about to add hand soap and lotion and it comes in an aluminum bottle and the bottle shows up at your door and there's a pump in the box along with it. Put the pump on, use it. When you start to get low, you can come back and order a refill or you can subscribe when you're there and we'll just send it automatically. But a new bottle comes, switch the pump over. And then the empty bottle goes back in that box. There's a label of return shipping label inside that box and you just send it back to us, you leave it outside the door and the mailman will pick it up and we will wash it and refill it and send it back out into the world. Wow. And didn't you say that it's,
1: um, what would, how would you describe the shampoo you guys? Um,
0: yeah, it's a natural shampoo. I mean, these okay. amazing, this amazing company in Florida, um, is making it and is filling the bottles for us. And it is, you know, sulfate free, paraben free, all vegan ingredients, non GMO. I mean, they're, they're incredible. And it actually really, my sister will guarantee it, it works. It, <laughs> it's good, good stuff. And I, I just have to say, I haven't said it yet. But um, we get a lot of questions of, about people saying, Oh, well, I recycle my plastic. So I'm good. And well, I, I definitely think recycling is important and everybody should do it. Unfortunately, with plastic, when it's recycled, um, it gets downgraded into a lower form and it, you can't keep recycling it. Eventually, that you can't downgrade it anymore and it goes to the landfill. Wow. Whereas with aluminum and glass and to some extent paper, it's infinitely recyclable.
1: Oh, that's so, so good to know. I'm-
0: yes. So when you recycle your cans and your your bottles, um, those just get turned right back into the same thing. So if you're ever trying to decide, you know, what, what material of something to buy, always try and pick out something that can just be infinitely recycled. Um,
1: wow. Okay. So it doesn't matter what number the plastic is, any plastic.
0: Doesn't matter what number the plastic is. Mm-hmm. Any plastic when it's recycled um, is going to get downgraded into a lower form. The number may mean that it may last an extra trip or two, but all of that stuff is eventually going into a landfill. Okay, so
1: I was at the store the other day and I I have this, um, I don't know what to do about trash bags. Is yeah. there any solution to that? Because I was pained. I was trying to find, we sometimes use the compo- um,
0: compostable, whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah. What do you do?
0: That's what we do. Okay. But, you know, there isn't. And, and this is all stuff that, again, I think people are just starting to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think, you know, as as consumers, we need to keep asking for it and supporting it Um, because it's crazy to stick all of your plastic in a trash in a plastic bag and then throw it in a landfill because it's just all going to be trapped in there.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, that's for another show, but it is related, which is to say, you know, I feel like our conversation today was a lot about – really being mindful and intentional about where your life is, where it's going, when the shifts are kind of knocking at your door and how you're going to face them. And then ultimately, when you take those steps and that movement, you start to – it has a ripple effect in your entire life. And I see that happening for you and this business. It's like, Wow, you you know who knows where we would have been if we both stayed in in that hippie house <laughs> Oh my goodness in, in a different place for sure,
0: but hopefully still hopefully still talking to each other. Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah.
1: but yes, yeah, so you're you're an inspiration, the way you've lived your life and what you're doing for the environment and for families and um before we sign off, just tell me how is it having a fifth grader <laughs>
0: It, it is both wonderful and it's bittersweet. I mean, he's starting to grow up. Yeah. Um, you know, in in a in a wonderful way, and, and also in a very
1: sort of sad way. So, does he still want like hugs or want you know like yes?
0: Okay, good. Yeah. It's just lovely. I still get to read to him most of the. Every now and then, he's like, ugh. Yes. You know, but I still, but I see, it. <laughs> I see it. Oh,
1: I know. Mine's, you know, just started fourth grade and uh, just starting to see different things that he's, you know, picking up at school. And But he's still so loving and affectionate at home. But mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you do. You just see they're they're changing.
0: Yeah. And there's that piece of you that's so proud of them that mm-hmm. they are growing up, you know, at the same time that they don't need you as much. They need you in different ways. Yes, that's right.
1: Yes. Well, I'm excited to get my shampoo. This is going to be awesome. This is a good first step. I mean, we definitely are watching our plastic and stuff, but oh, man, like you said, you just kind of slip in your old habits. So thank you for the reminder to just pay a little more attention to how we're feeling and what we're
0: doing in our life. Well, thank you so much for, you know, making my life seem like it has a theme. I'm pretty excited <laughs> Okay, well, we'll have you
1: on a follow-up show. We'll see what Lindsay's next adventure was.
0: Yes. Thank you for seeming like it made it all made sense now. Yes.
1: Oh, I adore you. I wish we were closer, but now just more excuse to meet yes. somewhere in the middle.
0: Sounds perfect.
1: Okay, my friends, I hope you feel inspired by Lindsay's story. To learn more about her and her products, you can visit afreespiritlife.com and look for the show notes for this episode number four. Also, if you haven't already, join us on Facebook. We have a private A Free Spirit Life community on Facebook where you can join that group and connect with other women from around the world and join us next week as we dive into the topic of the creative process. We'll talk about three important tips that you'll need to instill into your life when cultivating a creative practice. It's a great way to make room for creativity because when you make room to nurture and nourish your creativity in your life, you feel more inspired, you feel more intuitive, and you feel more connected to your authentic way of being it helps you be more present and more connected in your daily life to the things that matter most to you so join us for that show and join us in the discussion on Facebook and I will see you soon As I open up to a place where shake it off till I see a brand new page. I'm I believe